Hello, Coven. I'm your host, Rachel Pond, and this is Practical Magic. In this week's episode, I will be discussing my hot takes on No Nuance November. Before we jump into that, though, I quickly want to go over the phase of the moon, the astrology placement of the moon, and some ways that you can use that energy. So let's get into that. The moon is currently in the last quarter at 51%. Um, The astrology placement of the moon is in Virgo. And Virgo is um, ruled by the digestive system. So I thought that would be interesting to share. I know last week I shared that Gemini is control uh, controls the arms. So I thought I would continue with that. Um, let's see here. Um, this phase of the moon is good energy to work on balancing. You know, that could be um, balancing your life, balancing um, just overall balancing and having even keelness throughout your life. Um, Releasing and relationships. And um, I can just definitely relate to this. I am definitely going through a process of releasing relationships and and, um, trying to have a balance in my life. So I can definitely relate to this phase of the moon and um, I can definitely see where I need to make improvements in my life. Um, And I also came across a little uh, mantra or chant that you can use um, to help you work with this phase of the moon. It goes, I am filled with strength and willpower. I am confident in my ability. So if you ever during this time or any time, it doesn't just have to be during this phase of the moon. If at any time you question yourself and question your ability, because I know I go through that, just repeat this mantra or any mantra that you've made up or that you have found that suits you, that helps you remember that you are strong you are powerful and you can do it you um but with the with that being said let's get into this week's episode starting with you don't have to wait to do a home cleansing now what made me think of this was i was talking with somebody um sometime last week and she said to me that she wanted to do a uh, like an energy cleansing of her home and I was like oh that's pretty cool and uh we were trying to you know it was a friend so we were trying to figure out a day that worked for both of us and um so I mentioned a day and she's like oh well that's the day I'm gonna do the the home cleansing and so, just out of curiosity, I, I said, well, why does it have to be that particular day? And she's like, well, I read that you have to do a home cleansing on a full moon. 
She's like, you can't have any cuts, bruises. You can't be on your cycle. Just all these things that you can't be doing while doing a home cleansing. And I said, okay, that seems very restrictive. Um, I've never heard of that. And I said, you know, if you want to abide by all of those restrictions, then go right ahead. But I said to her, I said, I do not believe that you need to follow all these guidelines. If you feel drawn to doing a home cleansing or a cleansing of your office or your bedroom or um, what have you, um, do it. You know, if you want to harness that energy of the full moon, have at it, you know, go for it. But um, this whole, and I said to her, I said, the fact that you can't be on your cycle, that's crazy because a woman's cycle is such a magical, powerful thing. I mean, not only is that your body's way of showing that you're healthy, but it's also a sign of you know, being a woman, being able to give birth. I mean, it's a beautiful, magical thing. She's like, oh, I know. It's just what I was taught. And I was like, okay, okay. That's what you were taught. That's what you want to do. But I just wanted to let her know that you don't have to like check off this huge list. Oh, I can't have a cut on my hand. Oh, I just, you know, scraped my finger with a knife because I was cutting something and the knife slipped or what have you. It that does not make a difference. Um so just keep that in mind that uh you don't need to fo- follow any particular guidelines um to do a home cleansing or any cleansing for that matter. Um you don't have to <clears throat> cleanse everything that you use in your practice. Um, so, um, personally, I do not, <clears throat> uh, cleanse or charge anything that I use in my practice. Um, and it's just a personal preference. Um, a lot, the majority of the stuff in my practice, um, I would say about 90% of it is all thrifted. A few items on my altar are fair family heirlooms, things that I've gotten from my grandmother. Um, um, and then there's like one or two things that I have bought. Um, but I have not felt the need to cleanse them, charge them, what have you. Um, the, the attraction, the draw, the magnetism, the magnetism that I have felt to them that drew me to buying them or <clears throat> or or uh feeling so drawn that I asked my grandmother can I have this to me that energy is strong enough to use it in my practice and if I did like a cleansing or a charge um I would feel that I would be afraid I should say that it would clear out that connection um <clears throat> So personally for me, I do not do uh, cleansings of my items that I use in my practice. Now, if if I woke up tomorrow and I was like, hey, um, I want to, you know, 
clear I can't think of something that I would want to clear but if, if I was like I wanted to do a clearing for a, a particular item that was on my altar I would do it but that hasn't happened yet and I'm not expecting that to happen but I'm not opposed to it um <clears throat> moving on you don't have to work with the moon to be a witch um I have a whole episode on working with the moon, the phases of the moon, and working with um, the phases of the sun. I think the sun is vastly um, underrated, and the moon is vastly overrated. Not to say that the moon isn't powerful, but I feel like the sun gets overlooked a lot. Um, And so, yeah. Uh, I recommend that you go and check out those two episodes, uh, working with the phase of the moon and working with the phases of the sun. Um, Your magic does not come from your hair. Um, I've heard a lot of witches or, or spiritual people say, don't ever cut your hair, don't even trim it. There's so much magic in your hair. And I was like, I'm like, Okay, I can see that, but being somebody who has literally shaved their head, like had it like a crew cut, to somebody who now has shoulder length hair, my power did not disappear. My ability to be a witch did not disappear because I cut my hair. I know that... um, uh, some uh, some na- Native Americans that I have, um, I've seen like videos like on TikTok and the Native Americans in the videos um, talk about the the power, the, 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 the strength that comes from their hair. Um, and I'm not diminishing that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not true. I understand for them, it's a very, uh, uh, personal thing because they were forced to cut their hair off um during the genocide that we put them through um and so for them that's them like reclaiming their strength and their 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 power and I am all for that but in general I really stand against this idea that if you're a witch, you must have floor-length hair and never cut it and wash it only once a month and all these crazy things. If you want to cut your hair and rock a mohawk or buzz your head or have a pixie cut, doesn't make you less of a witch, doesn't make you less powerful. You're You're still as strong and beautiful as you were with the long hair. So you do you. Um, you don't have to work with, uh, gods, deities, or ancestors for that matter. Um, personally, I haven't met any witches that share this view, but I do know they're out there. I've spoken to some friends and they said that they have met witches that have this point of view. And... Um, I think that's crazy. Uh, I, 
I think that you are all that you need. Anything that you buy for your practice, anything that you make is just icing on the cake. You literally are everything that you need for your practice. And I want to expound on this a little bit more. I would dare to say um, that when you are working with your deity um, of choice, your your choice of God or deity, what have you, um, that is really you working with yourself from another timeline. It is you in the future that has already gone through everything that you right now, the you that is listening to this episode, has gone through and is in the future and telling you, you can do this. You can come through this tunnel on the other end. There is light at the other end. But because we have been trained through society and sometimes even in our homes growing up, been trained to believe that we need to second guess and question ourselves and that we couldn't possibly have the strength and ability to to be everything that we physically and emotionally need um, to accomplish things in our lives. So we feel obligated or we feel like we need to project that strength onto um, uh, onto a higher power, a.k.a. Jesus, God, Odin, Thor, Loki, you know, etc. Um, I am not... I don't want it to sound like I'm saying that there aren't any deities and that that's ridiculous because I do feel like um, Loki calls out to me. I've been working with him for a little bit. I even work with Hecate. But during my time, my short amount of time of working with both of them, um, I've only been working with Hecate for a little over a year. And Loki has been since the ending of summer. Um, but during this time and my meditations and talks with them and, and my offerings, I have personally, for me, come to the realization that what I see as Hecate or Loki is really a version of me in the future that has, like I said, has already gone through all these fears and emotions and, 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 and concerns and just overwhelmingness that I have for my life now and they that version of me has already gone through that tunnel has already overcome it and because I can't or I'm not able to right now believe that I have that ability to I project the the vision of of seeing those deities I hope that makes sense um and again I am not saying that it's wrong. If you truly believe that you're working with a certain deity, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just sharing my personal thoughts and and, and, and revelations that I had during this time working with those energies. Um, You don't need to have an altar. I know I mentioned that I have an altar. It's nothing fantastic. It's not elaborate. I'm sure if you went to Instagram or TikTok, you would find much, much fancier altars. But if you don't feel drawn to having an altar, 
or if you don't have the space for an altar, that is totally fine. This is actually uh, a topic that um, Steph and I briefly mentioned um, when I did that episode with her for on, on Wednesday, um, that it's not necessary to have an altar. Um, you can, if you have items around your home, whether it's a pitcher or, you know, like your grandfather's sunglasses or his, his pipe that he used to smoke, uh, tobacco, you know, uh, you know, tobacco in or whatever, uh, you can put that on a shelf or put it on an end table and that can be your altar. It can be as simple or as elaborate as you want. But if you truly, if you don't want to have an altar, it doesn't make you less of a witch. It doesn't make you less powerful, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, that's the beauty of, of, of life is you can tweak it and make it the way that best suits you. And just because you start with doing something a certain way, just because, for example, let's say you start your practice and you're like, I don't want an altar. That's how I was for the first five months. I didn't have an altar in my practice. And then over time, things changed. And I wanted a designated spot where I know I could go and and then just spend time with my grandfather um, and and meditate. And that's what I ended up doing. So, um... You don't need to work with crystals. That's my next one. Um, I personally do not feel drawn to working with crystals, especially with um, not always being able to know how they were harvested, how they were retrieved. Um, some of the practices are very unethical. Um, I know there are websites and like Etsy shops where uh the crystals are like um ethically sourced and whatnot, but crystals in general are very expensive um so to get ones that were ethically sourced um I can only imagine how much more money they would cost so for me right now in my practice, I don't feel drawn to crystals, and um if you feel the same way you're still a powerful badass witch, you know? Um, so just remember that you don't need crystals. Uh, just because your spell isn't pretty doesn't mean it won't work. Um, I, I think that social media has made us think that the way social media is, everything's got to be beautiful. It's got to have a filter on it. It's got to, you know, just really jump out at you. In real life, some of the most powerful spells you will find will be bland or ugly, um, you know, but it doesn't diminish their power. So when you do a spell... Don't be concerned if things don't end out and be fit like appealing to the eye, you know. Um, that doesn't mean it's not going to work. Um, you don't need to buy or read books to be a witch. 
that's my next one. Um, I do have a few books, and of course I have recommended books um, on certain uh, episodes, but if you don't feel drawn to working with books, if you um, like to just sit with yourself and meditate and reflect and retrieve um, your answers that way, have at it. I, I still do that quite a bit. Like, I, like I've said before, we withhold in us all the answers that we need. Our ancestors, our pagan ancestors, even like our great-grandparents, you know, the access to books was not as readily available as uh, it is today. So they had to depend on word of mouth or just their natural instinct. So um, if anything, I think working with your intuition and just um, letting that be your guide, as Jiminy Cricket said in in, uh, Pinocchio, let your conscience be your guide. Just let your intuition be your guide, you know, just... Let it guide you through your practice. And of course, of course, I would never say don't buy books, don't read books. Of course, if you feel like that to you is an important part of your practice, go for it. Um, <clears throat> the next one is that I believe, and I believe that there are other people that share this feeling with me, that a good chunk of people that get into witchcraft do it for the aesthetic reasons. And then when they realize that it actually involves a lot of shadow work, healing generational traumas, um, uh, curses, and um, healing that, that gap of, 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 um, of wounds, you know, I don't know if that's the right wording there, but hopefully you understand healing generational, uh, like I said, uh, curses and, and, and all these things when they realize that there's so much more to it than that. And it's not just do a pretty, you know, candle spell, which are great. I think candle spells are underrated, um, you know, and, and to, to, re- to unattach your, or disconnect yourself from a toxic person or doing a spell to bring your ex-boyfriend back to you. Um, you know, when they realize that it is so much more than that, then they lose interest. Um, and, in a way, I think that that is really, really good because it weeds out the ones that are like superficial. And, but I also feel like that maybe those people just haven't met the right people to guide them on their path. Of course, you should never uh, let somebody tell you exactly what you should do or how you should practice but sometimes because I can speak from personal experience there are times in my life where there are things that I want to do 
but it just seems so overwhelming. And so I just throw my arms up in the air and I'm just like, forget it. I'll wait until I meet somebody who has already started this path and that can guide me. Um, so I also feel like some of those people that just get into it for the aesthetic reasons, if they had some form of a, um, a guardian, if you will, or a teacher or somebody to guide them through it, they may not give, give it up so easily. Uh, somebody that can break it down easier for them. Magic isn't going to work for you if you don't work for it. Um, and for me, this means you can do all the spells, all the chants, whatever that you want. You can meditate till the cows come home. You can manifest. But if you do not put in the work, if you don't put in the action to achieve what that spell is supposed to enhance or what your manifesting is supposed to be, if you won't put in the groundwork, how is anything going to happen? And on top of that, I would say that your actions are are the actual spell. Your action to getting a better job. So let's say you're looking for a, a different job, let's say. So you do a spell to bring a job your way. But you just st- stay at home and you just watch TV and, you know, play video games and all this. But you don't do any actual grunt work to to seek out that job. Put your uh, resume out on the internet or, um, you know, talk to friends about if, if there's any job openings where they are. If you don't do any of the work, then the spell is just pretty you know, flowers and um, salt and pepper, whatever else you, you want to, I'm just naming off random things right now, but the, the spell is just pretty things that you've just combined together. If you don't put in the work, then magic can't work for you. Um, this one's just a little sarcastic, but it's true. <laughs> it's not that hard to find a substitute for white sage. Um, white sage is um, it, a sacred um, thing for uh, Native American people. And uh, to use that in your practice, if you are not a Native American person, then that's um, I, it, appropriating Am I, yeah, I think I I said the right word, appropriating, you know, their practice, using a sacred tool that they use. Um, There are so many different types of sages and, you know, incense and, um, and, and, and smudging tools that you can use. Um, I think I have an episode on that. If not, I will have one coming up um, at the beginning of the new year about different um different uh sages and different ways to do um I do I have I have an episode on smoke magic so check that one out I thought I had an episode on that um I'm sure I will retouch on that topic at some point throughout the time I have this podcast um but yeah 
you should definitely go check that episode out. Um, not everyone is going to want to become um, a super advanced witch, and that is completely fine. Um, there is this illusion that if you are a witch, then you're doing a spell with every phase of the moon. Um, you're constantly doing like love spells and hexes and jinx and curses. And that is totally not true. Personally, I think the most powerful spell and spell work that you can do is the work you do on yourself and healing your previous generations. I think that um, doing that work and really getting to know yourself just in general, getting to know yourself, doing that shadow work um, is some of the most powerful uh, magic you will ever do in your practice. Um, it's beneficial to have people around you in your practice that share different points of view. You know, if you are a, um, a Wiccan and you just surround yourself with a, with Wiccans, then it really doesn't broaden your horizon on different ways to um, enhance your practice or or see people different practices you know you, you're just you're very closed off to just your thing so it's good for you to have pagan friends and and um those are only two that come to mind right now but I know that there are other practices obviously uh witches that don't like to um classify themselves with a title that's more like me I guess you could, if you wanted to put a title on it, you would call me an eclective witch. Um, but it is good to have a an assort, an array of of different types of witches in your life, so you can bounce ideas off of each other and you can learn from one, one another. And this also just goes for your life in general. Uh, the more diversity you have in your life, the less chance you have of being afraid of those that are quote-unquote different because they will be there to answer your questions and your concerns and and let you know you both you aren't really that different so I hope that makes sense uh that description there um jar magic is overrated and candle magic is definitely underrated uh, doesn't mean that jar magic is not um, important. Doesn't serve a purpose. It does not mean that. I just feel like it's uh, people run to that so fast. It's just what so many people do and overlook candle magic. I will have an upcoming episode about candle magic. Uh, most likely that will be sometime in January. Um. So I'm definitely planning out for all of next year. I'm super excited to keep this podcast going um, and continuing to see it grow. So um, you may not be cursed. It may just be bad luck. Some people feel like, oh, I did this spell and I'm doing the work 
and I'm not getting the outcome that I desired, so I must be cursed. No, it could just be that you've hit a rough patch. Um, I used an example a while back in an episode that, um, let's say you're doing a spell, use the example again, a job, um, and you're doing the work, you're trying to find a, you know this job, you're doing your best, and then you find out that you get diagnosed with something, you get super, super sick. The fact that the spell didn't work, it could have been just the universe stepping in and being like, knowing that you were sick and it was just a matter of time till the symptoms start showing up and you've got that job, you wouldn't have been able to have the time to tend to your health. So sometimes it's the the universe helping you out, not necessarily in the way that you feel like you needed it, but in a way that you... Um, not in the way that you feel like you deserved it, but actually in the way that you needed it to. Um, let's see. Don't judge witches by the way they seal their jars. Um, I know in the very beginning for me, I used things like hot glue. I used duct tape because it was all I had around. Um, you know, I have wrap string around the lid to to seal my jars when I've done those jar spells um you know right in the very beginning I got super creative with how to seal my jars so um if that's how you permanently want to do your spell work that's fine if you're just trying to be creative and 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 are you know uh just use what you have around you that's fine too um the next one is, uh, it may not be, oh, it may not be your uh, familiar. It may just be a pet. A lot of people are like, they have pets and they're like, oh, this is my, my familiar. They just say it because it's their pet. And so because it lives in the home with them, they're like, oh, it must be my familiar. Um, that's another topic I want to discuss, um, is working with your familiar and how to know if you if your pet is actually your familiar. Um, um, <clears throat> let's see here. What you think is... actually just... So, um, I think that's all of them. I, I wrote out so many. I might have skipped one or two, but I'm sure I will um, do another episode like this next year. Um, so yeah, in the meantime, I want to thank you all so much for spending this time with me and sticking around and, um, you can find me if you're interested in uh, following me and keeping up with the podcast. Um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram, both at Practical Magic Pod. Uh, next week I will be back with a brand new episode, I will be discussing, what is it? Oh, the power of incense. Um, so I will be doing that next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And I hope you all have a magical week. Hello, Coven. I'm your host, Rachel Pond, and this is Practical Magic. 
I woke up this morning totally ready to do an episode on the air element and uh, the power of working with incense. Um, But then I realized I had already done a whole episode on the four elements. So if that uh, topic interests you, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. I'm sure at some point uh, through this podcast, I will retouch on that topic um, because I am always learning and broadening my horizons on each topic that I cover. But uh, for today, I woke up um, not as grounded as I would like and somewhat anxious And I realized that my typical routine of spending time with my ancestors and lighting a candle and incense has kind of gone to the wayside because the holidays have taken over. And um, as I'm sure, not just for me, but for other people, the holidays can be somewhat of a stressful time. So I realized maybe I should do an episode on grounding. And that is exactly what we will be doing today. But before we jump into that, I would like to go over the astrology placement of the moon, some ways that you can use that energy, and um, so let's jump into that. The moon is currently on Saturday the 4th at 0.2% in waning crescent, and some ways to use that energy, this is a really good time to look deep within yourself and uncover hidden knowledge. We all um, have a topic or topics that uh, we we know and we always second guess ourselves, you know, because somebody else knows more. This is a really good time to hone in on the knowledge that you have and um, and sharing it and Um, building that confidence to share that knowledge that you have. Um, The astrology placement of the moon um, is in Sagittarius, which Sagittarius um, rules your thighs. So strength, stability, all of that. Um, But with that being said... Let's jump into this week's episode. So, here are, I'm going to say, 16 ways um, to stay grounded. And of course, these are not um, the only ways. If you have another way that you like to get yourself grounded, by all means, do it. Um, One... Um, eating a healthy diet or a healthy, healthy, um, eating healthy, I should say. Diet is a dirty word <laughs> in my book. Uh, but just making sure that you incorporate healthy foods. Like this morning when I woke up, I had leftovers from a big salad that I've made for this week. And it it was, it filled a whole dinner plate. It was a big, big amount of leftovers. And I cooked two eggs and um, I put some, I cooked a strip of bacon and I put that on there and that was my breakfast. So I got all my greens and I got my protein. So it's not a typical breakfast that I had, but it was a healthy breakfast. 
and um, also drinking lots of water. I have a, a big water bot- bottle that's a gallon and I try to drink the entire thing by the end of the day. If I'm not able to drink the whole thing, at least half of it, I want to have, uh, you know, taken in. Um, salt is another great way for grounding and uh, dissolving negative toxic energy. I have touched on this for the last two episodes. First time I mentioned uh, my use of salt was in my uh, mental health and magic episode. Um, I have a ashtray that I got one day when I went thrifting and I have filled it up with table salt. I put black pepper and then I put in the ashes of whatever I've been, whatever I've smoked, which lately has been mugwort. Um, and I, you know, put it in my mortar and, mortar and pestle and I ground it up. And when I'm either coming in from having a long day and I'm, you know, feeling all the uh, feelings, everything that you pick up while you're out in the world, I run my hands through it and I hold the sand and I focus on the texture of it and, and the way it looks. And it very much helps me stay grounded. Um... Uh, balancing between the masculine and the feminine. Um, Again, this is an episode that I've done, and I know I will do another episode on this because I didn't go very much in-depth in the episode that I have covered on the masculine and feminine energy. So I definitely will be doing that at some point. Um, But yeah, if you are too far in one... um, um, energy, if you will, because obviously the masculine and the feminine have nothing to do with your gender. Um, it's, it's the energy. Uh, if you're too far in one and lacking in the other, then of course you're going to be ungrounded. And I have a tendency to fall more into the masculine energy. Uh, but I know that's because if I don't, nothing's going to get done. I don't have anyone to share the, the stress, the stresses with. So I don't have the, or I ha- I should say I have to learn to find the space and time to even that out with the feminine energy and take care of myself. It's not healthy to be constantly in a go, go, go kind of, um, uh, energy kind of mood. Um, no one wins from that. Um, smudging and, um, clears, smudging clears the unwanted and negative energy from your home, from, from you. So that's a great way. Um, if like, you know, you just came home from a family holiday party and you're like, you just feel all that toxicness that your family was exuding during the party just clinging on to you when you get home smudging yourself with some incense um it's a great way to do that you can also they don't you know I don't have this written down in my notes but this just came to mind another way for clearing and and grounding yourself 
is taking a bath or a shower. In this incidence, I like personally the idea of taking a shower because you're standing upright and the water is running all from your head to your toes and you can visualize the water literally washing away the negativity and the toxic energy that you are releasing. And, um, you know, you can do some visualization of like standing, um, with your, obviously with your standing, your feet planted on the ground, or if you're not able to stand, you can sit in a chair and have your feet on the ground and visualize roots growing from your feet, keeping you firmly planted into the ground and imagine yourself being a tree, if you will, and staying grounded that way. Um, meditation also is a great way of grounding yourself and releasing stress and anxiety. Um, and of course, um, meditation does not have to be, you know, sitting on the floor, you know, chanting to yourself. If meditation to you means swaying to music and letting your body just move as it desires and feeling the release of all that negative energy, uh, then that's great. It can also be, you know, for some people, knitting, sewing, cooking, whatever that meditation is for you that, that gets you into that, that zen, um, relaxation mode, you know, use that as your form as meditation. Um, because from personal experience, and I'm sure I'm not the only person that has done this, um, I have a history of um, trying to do what I think is the typical way of doing things. So if I feel like typically everyone just sits on the floor on a cushion, you know, chanting something, you know, as a meditation, I try to make myself do it because that's got to be right. And what I'm trying to reteach myself in the process of, uh, of grounding is that there is no right, there is no wrong, you know, um, find what best suits me in the moment. And what I might need today for a meditation Today, I might need to listen to music and do swaying and dancing, but tomorrow, I may just need to sit down um, on my couch, curled up in a blanket and sipping on a cup of tea and listening to one of my favorite podcasts. Every day is different, so listen to your body, let your body guide you and show you what form of grounding technique you need at that time. Um, being creative and, um, uplifting, um, affects, um, you know, the psyche and all of that. And when, uh, you are being creative and, uh, uplifting yourself and other people, um, uh, when you, when you're in that positive mindset, it's another great, it's another form of grounding, um, cause you're exuding that positive energy and then you're, you know, feeding off of the other person. If there's another person there in the room with you, their feedback of that positive energy. Um, 
balancing the chakras also helps with, um, you know, uh, keeping grounded, your mental peace, and all of that. I actually have an episode on the chakras, so if you want to go through listening to that, I highly recommend that. Um, I can't promise that the audio is the greatest because it's one of my older episodes, but like I said about, um, you know, the element, the episode about the four elements, more likely than not, sometime next year, I will um, recover. I will re-record that, go over it, better audio, and all of that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yoga is another uh, great way for grounding. Um, Any exercise is, is great. If you want to you know, go for a run for a half hour or just a simple stroll down your sidewalk, that that's great exercise as well. Um, that is something that I have started implementing, um, in spite of my life, you know, getting a little crazy with the holidays and everything. Um, at least one time in the day, I try to work out for at least a half hour. Um, on a good day, I do it three times, morning, afternoon, and then evening, right after, not right, but after dinner. Um, but on those really hectic days, I make sure that I work out one time for at least 30 minutes. And I have seen such an improvement in my energy and my quality of sleep and just my mood in general. So... Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend exercising. Definitely. Um, let's see here. Uh, being outside in nature, obviously I've mentioned this quite a bit. Um, I wish I could be out, you know, more. It's, you know, getting that time of year where it's, cold, the wind is sharp and, you know, feels like it's like cutting right through your face, kind of. Um, But when I am outside, like taking out my garbage or whatever, I try to take a second before I come back into my apartment and just appreciate, you know, the beauty that nature has for us. Um... I have this beautiful tree right in front of my apartment. Uh, So every time I open my apartment door, there's this tree. And in the spring and the summer, it's gorgeous. The leaves, uh, there's a a bird that has come every year and built her nest there and, you know, laid her eggs. So, like, I just, I love this tree. And actually, the, um, the broom that I have over my entry doorway um, came from that tree. We had a storm, um, last spring and the, this branch broke off. And so I took it and I've used it to make my own broom that I put over my front door. I actually did a live stream over on Instagram when I made that, um, that broom. You might have to scroll a little bit to find it, but it's there on Instagram uh which my instagram is practical magic pod along with my my tiktok same thing practical magic pod so uh but i 
don't believe that I put that live stream um, over on TikTok. I don't think you can do that, but it is on Instagram. Um, let's see. Uh, laughter, you know, um, is a great form of, of staying grounded and uh, just ob- obviously joy. They say laughter is the best medicine. Um, and it's also a great way of saying um, staying like your inner child, staying connected to your inner child. Um, I have come across a um, holiday movie, a Netflix movie. It's like a rom-com. Uh, it's called Hard Love or either hard love or love hard I think it's hard love um it's got Jimmy O oh I think it's Jimmy O Young I think that's his name he's a comedian he is hilarious in it the movie itself is just adorable and I've rewatched it like five times already and I laugh so hard Last time I watched it, I didn't laugh as hard because I've watched it so many times, but it's still so good, and it just gives you all those holiday feels and romance and all of that. Um, But it's a really good movie. It's also got a lot of truth about relationships in it, which I love. Um, So, yeah, I'm using that as an example of a way of getting that laughter. Um, Because I've even... You know, I've read articles and watched videos online and they're like, oh, just make yourself laugh for like a solid minute. And I feel like the Joker. I feel like I'm going insane just sitting there and just laughing in my apartment for no reason. So to actually have like, you know, a movie that I truly enjoy and make me smile and laugh or even like a comedy special, like a stand up. If you have a favorite comedian, do that. Um, so... um like I mentioned before, drinking lots of water, very important. Um, essential oils are great for relaxation and grounding. Um, and earthing. This I briefly touched on just a minute ago. But like I said, it's not plausible for everybody to do earthing, which if you don't know what that means, it means going outside, walking barefoot, but now with it being December and we're heading into the coldest time of the year um, for a lot of places, um, you know, it's not plausible to go outside and walking around barefoot. So some other ways that you can do this is um, doing like a foot soak and putting some um, salt in the water. And so as your feet are soaking, you're... you're um, connecting with the earth through the salt. Um, That might be a topic that I cover uh, at some point, earthing, uh, to come up with other suggestions besides like soaking your feet. But that's the first one that came to mind. And of course, um, incense. Uh, burning incense, not only good for clearing the energy out of your home, that can help you grounding, but also is good, um, you know, to like just literally run around yourself like you would do with like a smudge stick and clear energy that way. Um, you can also use it 
um, in um, communicating, you know, praying to your ancestors or whatever uh, deities that you work with in your practice. Um, just to mention a few, like I said, I, I cover um, working with incense in the episode of the four elements that I have. Um, so if that interests, interests you, you know, I recommend going back to that episode. But with all that being said, I think that will be it for this week. Um, next week will be um, me interviewing Steph from Witch Wednesdays. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but in the meantime, you can um, find me uh, on TikTok and Instagram, both at Practical Magic Pod. And I hope you all have a magical week. Bye, Kevin.